I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 165. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. We sing this week's song in church, and my daughter Meredith has been on me for weeks to use it on the podcast. And she's right. It meets my criteria. It points us directly to Scripture, and in parts of it, word for word. So let's not waste any more time and dive right into John Foreman's Your Love is Strong and see where you think it leads in Scripture. even the slightest exposure to Protestant or Catholic practices, you are familiar with the Lord's Prayer. It's given to us by Jesus himself in Matthew chapter 6 in the midst of the Sermon on the Mount. And it's a sermon that begins in chapter 5 and ends in chapter 7 to an amazed crowd of people. Now, I challenge you to spend some time in this sermon this week. Start by reading it all the way through. When you do this, you are following my favorite Bible interaction tool exercise of reading in context. Now, I share these Bible interaction tool exercises each week on the podcast. In fact, I call them bites for short. And the bite of reading in context is going to be very important this week as I'm going to ask you to take a smaller portion of the sermon for use in another bite And I would never want you to take that bite out of context. And the context will help ensure that you don't choke on this next bite, so to speak. So I'm not sure if I've ever introduced this bite before, but I have used it before uh, in my practices. And again, these bites that I'm giving you are just the, the habits that I use to interact with God's word and keep it fresh. And to some degree, I use this bite almost every week because of the nature of the podcast. So this week's new Bible interaction tool exercise is to rewrite a section of scripture in your own words. Now, to keep the metaphor going, this bite should be chewed slowly. I don't want you to add to scripture, meaning make it say something it doesn't say. That's why I said it would be super important to read the entire sermon in context before you take the next bite. In fact, let's do this. 
use the bite of reading the Sermon on the Mount in several translations. I suggest the English Standard Version, the New Living Translation, the New American Standard Bible, and the Message. This way you will have read the sermon four times. And especially when you look at, uh, let's say, like a thought for thought translation, like the New Living Translation, and then you move on to um, a paraphrase like the message, you'll begin to get the idea as to why I'm having you read it in multiple translations. Now, I have included a YouTube video of this week's song in the show notes. In fact, I do that every week. So you can find this week's show notes at michellekneesat.com forward slash 165. And when you listen to the song, you're going to find that John Foreman does just what I'm asking you to do. He wrote out scripture, sometimes word for word, but often in his own words and set it to a tune. For example, in Matthew chapter 6, it says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you more valuable to him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. So why do you have so little faith? Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Well, John Foreman says it this way in the lyrics of our song. Look out the window, the birds are composing Not a note is out of tune or out of place I walk to the meadow and stare at the flowers That are dressed than any girl Why should I worry? Why do I freak out? God knows what I need. You know what I need. Your love is so why do I worry? Why do I freak out? I love that line. Isn't that what Jesus said? Just using our words and our vernacular. Uh, But for some reason, it really resonates when we use our own words, our own vernacular. And just think of the power that it holds to declare these truths that God knows what we need 
through song. You know, this is one reason that I love that my girls um, know Christian music and that it's what I wake up to in the morning. A friend of mine put together the set list for elementary chapel the other day at our Christian school. And I want to say what makes us a Christian school is that the people who work there have professed faith in Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior, but not necessarily the kids that attend. And so my friend came in all excited that the students, by singing along, would be declaring truth through song. You know, her prayer was that their hearts would follow the truths that their lips were declaring. Yes. So why do I worry? Why do I freak out? God knows what I need. Okay, so let's practice. I had I'd pretty much decided on introducing the bite of rewriting scripture in our own words. And this week, the leader of my writing group issued the same challenge. She, she shares a verse with us every week and sometimes asks different questions to get us writing. And that sealed it. I knew I wanted to use this bite this week, especially after another writer in our group took the challenge too. So this the verse that our leader shared uh, was Psalm 8.1. And it says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. So when I took the challenge and rewrote it in my own words, I wrote this. Father God, you are not just my father, but father to us all. Your character, your very being is splendid, not just to me, but for everyone to enjoy. You have made it obvious how amazing you are, high enough for everyone to see. Now, I had another friend in the writing group take this challenge as well, and um, it's uh, my friend Terry. She's also an author, and this is what she wrote. It's overwhelming, God, how big you are, how your name overwhelms all you created, how your glory lights the skies and fills the night. Above all, through all, in all, you are there, shining your radiance for everyone to see. Now, do you see how different our quote unquote versions are? Again, I'm not trying to rewrite scripture and add to it and all of that. I'm just saying being able to reflect on it and uh, reflect it accurately in the words that we shared. It was so different, but still uh, maintained the meaning and the truth and the, the direction behind the original verse. So why would I want you to consider doing this? Well, When you've put something into your own words, you must understand it. You need to think deeply about it. You'll see when you do this yourself this week, you'll find yourself almost struggling. (laughs) You know, it's like when I was a kid and I would ask my mom what a word meant and she would always say, oh, go look it up. You know, supposedly trying to train me how to use the dictionary. But now that I'm a mom, I know that it was because she knew what it meant but she couldn't put it into her own words. And so when you're able to put scripture into your own words, then you can share it with others easier. That's another free bite, by the way, sharing it with others. You really begin to internalize it. You know, there's verses that talk about hiding God's word in our heart. And this is one way to do that. Obviously, memorization is another way. But being able to really digest it and think about it and spit it back out using our own words. So I want to go back to the example of between Terry's version and my version. 
Now, I focused on God's character as revealed in his name uh, because the verse, let's see, the verse says, Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And Terry ends up focusing on the glory. It says you have set your glory above the heavens. And so uh, did you catch what we both did, though? We both ended with the words for everyone to see. I know you probably didn't catch it because I read it in two separate sections, but when I went back and read it, I could see it on paper. Uh, We both ended up with the words for everyone to see. The scripture says, you have set your glory above the heavens. And both of us keyed in on that. And I said, you've made it obvious how amazing you are, high enough for everyone to see. And Terry said, above all, through all, in all, you are there, shining your radiance for everyone to see. I just think that's so cool. There's um, just this idea that we could both read scripture. We both put it in our own words, two completely different takes. Um, We focused in on different areas, but we ended up saying the same thing for everyone to see. And anyway, I just think that's neat. So let's go back to the Sermon on the Mount. You could pick any section from the three chapters of teaching that Jesus gave us. But Meredith, my daughter, was drawn to the fact that the song pretty much sings word for word the Lord's Prayer. And that's the portion of the song that I played for you at the beginning of the podcast. So let's tackle that section. And before I jump to the prayer itself, I want to give you the lead in that Jesus gives. He says, if I'm going to read in the English Standard Version, When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and at the street corners that they may be seen by others. Truly, I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into your room and shut the door and pray to your father who is in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Even if I didn't unpack any of this, oh, isn't this truth of this uh, of the, this teaching on prayer, isn't it so beautiful? Just don't miss it. I know I'm, I'm getting technical about what our challenge is this week, but when you get into the challenge, don't miss what you're reading and what you're studying and how beautiful it is. And then Jesus says, so instead pray like this. Okay, so then he goes into the Lord's Prayer. But to further make my point, I want to read that same section, that same section I just read to you in the English Standard Version. I want to read it again in the message because it's a, a, a thought for thought. It's a it's a um, the English Standard Version is is more of a word for word translation. And the message is a paraphrase. So the author of the message has pretty much put it into his own words, Eugene Peterson. It says, when you come before God, don't turn that into a theatrical production. All these people making a regular show out of their prayers, hoping for stardom. Do you think God sits in a box seat? Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place so you won't be tempted to role play before God. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can manage. The focus will shift from you to God and you will begin to sense his grace. The world is full of so-called prayer warriors who are prayer ignorant. They're full of formulas and programs and advice, peddling techniques for getting what you want from God. Don't fall for that nonsense. 
This is your father you're dealing with, and he knows better than you what you need. With a God like this loving you, you can pray very simply like this. So again, I love the direction that Eugene Peterson takes, turning prayer into a theatrical production. My girls are both in Christian youth theater, so we know a lot about theatrics in our house and constant show tune singing, and that's obviously another topic for another day. But when I consider the Lord's Prayer and that I'm going to follow the model that Jesus lays out, but use my own words, but I just can't. I just love this idea. If I consider this paraphrase in the message he put into his own words, this is what I'm challenging you to do, this teaching that Jesus gave, and it still follows exactly what he, I mean, even though Christ in the word for, you know, the English Standard Version, he didn't say a theatrical production, it doesn't take away the meaning. You see what I'm saying? So I'm going to follow the model that Jesus lays out in the Lord's Prayer, but I'm going to use my own words. I'm not going to read you the Lord's Prayer again. We listened to it at the at the top of the podcast, and um, I'm going to go on the assumption that most of you are fairly familiar with it. It is in Matthew chapter 6, if you're not, so you can read it for yourself. So here's, here's my prayer. Abba Father, can I come and sit with you a while? I really need your perspective today. And your perspective is so much higher than mine. You see everything all at once. And I'm stuck here in the midst of it all, so close to the situation that I can hardly focus on what's right before me, much less the details that I can't even see. Your name is so great. Name? I mean, names. The whole earth cannot hold your magnificence. You are provider, you're redeemer, you are revealer. Can you peel back the layers of this situation and reveal what's really important? Reveal what's important to you and your kingdom. I, I want it to go my way. I do, but I'd like to I'd like to feel better. But more than that, I want what you want. I want it to go your way. Don't let me get ahead of you. I know that you provide just what I need in the moment. I don't need the storehouses that I desire. Please forgive me for holding grudges against others. It's almost like I don't trust you. You allowed all of it to go this way, but I'm not 100% sure it was all your will necessarily, but I want to forgive and be free from this bondage of unforgiveness. I want to set my foot on the safe path far away from any temptation to sin. Could you give me direction for this day? But before you do, can I just rest here for a while in your loving presence? Now, that's a real prayer, y'all. And when you write it out for yourself, feel free to put in names and situations. You know, are you holding on to unforgiveness? Put it, put put her name in the rewrite, you know, list him out by name. Scripture says, goes on to say, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive you your trespasses. That's right after this Lord's Prayer that we just uh, are, are looking at. You could write... Um, if uh, you could write this, if I forgive Sally for that cruel Facebook post for the world to see, God will forgive me of all the times I burst out in anger at my spouse. But if I don't forgive Sally for what she did, God won't forgive me when the cracks in my character break wide open. Okay, I think you get it. So what's next? Well, try it for yourself. 
read the entire Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7, in four different versions. So if you do, if you do this, there's three chapters, maybe read it once a day for four days in four different versions. Maybe day one, you read it in English Standard Version. Day two, New Living Translation. Day three, New American Standard Bible. Day four, The Message. Then pick a section. It could be the Lord's Prayer, just like I did. You could follow my example. Pick a different section, something that resonates with you in that sermon, and write it out using your own words. Feel free to get personal and specific. I mean, you're not putting it in a podcast or anything, right? So really put in names if you really need to. And then while you're in God's Word this week, would you let me know how you're doing? Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. You can hop on Twitter, at michellekneezat, or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. And let's talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, TheOverflow.com, for featuring a 10-day series of devotions pointing their subscribers to this podcast, but more importantly, pointing them to God's Word through music. I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And then last week, I mentioned that I have so many new subscribers, praise God, that I wouldn't be listing everyone by name anymore, even though I have to tell you, it breaks my heart that I can't list everybody by name. But then my faithful listener, Linda, she emailed me to suggest that I at least list out where everyone is from, because she loved to hear where everyone is from, from around the world, especially from her home country of Canada. Canada. I love this idea too. So that's what I'm going to be doing from now on. And here goes. Thank you so much to all my new listeners and my new subscribers this week. They come from all over the U.S. and around the world. They hail from Colorado, Oklahoma, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, New Zealand, Mississippi, Illinois, Texas, Missouri, California, Minnesota, Idaho, British Columbia, Canada, Florida, New Mexico, Pennsylvania, Utah, Alaska, Ohio, Kansas, Washington, D.C., Indiana, and Arkansas. All of these are um, my new subscribers to my website, and I just want to say welcome. Now, the benefit of subscribing is that you will get an email that I send once a week, and in that email, you'll get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, desktop, tablet, or you can even print it out. You'll get an email recap of the week's episode, and you get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneezat.com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of the podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes or Stitcher Radio if you use an Android device. And while you're there, leave me a written review and a star rating. It really encourages me, of course, but it also helps me stay visible to new listeners. As always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Still by Hilary Scott. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneezat.com forward slash 165. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.